Hello, residents of Meeple Town. This is Dean. Johnny Warren, Vanilla Sugar. And today we're going to be looking at all Feld games all the time. We're looking at Aquasphere, Bruges, and Amerigo. So thanks for joining us for episode number 44. Residents of Meeple Town, if you were here right now, you would see Dean with an eye patch on, Arr. with a pirate's hat on. I guess I kind of just gave away your costume with a peg leg. Do you know? <laughs> do I know? Do I know what you're talking about? Yes, I do. I <laughs> there was no mystery from the context there. <laughs> clues. I believe I have managed to figure it out. <laughs> what are you, Dean? <laughs> I'm an astronaut, John. Yeah, nailed it. <laughs> oh, that was out of this world. Uh-huh. That was pretty good. Uh, there we go. Pirate Dean. So Dean is a pirate. Why are you a pirate, Dean? I am a pirate, I'm guessing, because we just played the... We did the virtual gaming con. We did a playthrough of Feed the Kraken. Feed the Kraken. Arr. And I was a pirate. I've only played this game as the pirate. I almost, it's amazing. I play this game a lot now. And I'm the sailor 90% of the time. Really? And the odds aren't there. But yeah, I've been the pirate, like one out of 10 games, maybe. A pirate, one out of 10 games. And I've never been the cult leader. Yeah, I think I've been a sailor not like 90% of the time. It's ridiculous. Yeah, so... I, I yeah. want to be the cult leader. I want to be a pirate. <laughs> Dean got to play with Niels. We don't need to overly talk about this because we've talked about Feed the Kraken quite a bit. But we did have a blast doing that. Oh, we had such a good time. This game is... It is... It's fantastic. I really, really enjoy this game, and uh, it's it was a lengthy one. Now it's lengthy because we do the you know the online stream, and so that adds some time and all of that. Yeah. But this game, this one was fun too because we got to play with Hella from uh, uh, Game for Life board game uh, BG. Uh, that's she is uh, she was really great uh, a YouTuber as well. She was a lot of fun, and she's the one who was like organizing everything. She was she had to play and like yes. <laughs> Put this yes. stuff on screen. That's that's pretty crazy. Yeah, she was doing everything and uh, still played really well and won for that matter because mm. the sailors won. We did. Dean, go ahead and tell them what was the most satisfying moment <laughs> of your life. And he kept saying this. And, it, you know, the first time he said that, I was like, okay. And the more he said it, I think my feelings started to get hurt. Yeah. Well, I'm a pirate and I don't really care about people's feelings. Tell them what you said. So there is an opportunity in this game, if you've heard us talk about this before, you know this, but there's an opportunity in the game where you can throw somebody overboard. And if you throw the wrong person overboard, then that's bad because if they're the cult leader, then they win the game because they, they want to get eaten by the Kraken. John was not. John the was a Kraken. sailor and I was the captain. So I got to choose who I got to throw over. And I, I felt like John was a sailor anyway, but it was so satisfying to throw John overboard. He said that so many times. A it lot. Was, it was almost weird. Like, I was like, seriously? And he's like, oh, it's so satisfying. And all I want to say is it was so satisfying when I beat your booty and we won. <laughs> beat your booty? What is it's it? It's hard for heck? you to win the game when you are sleeping with the fishes, though. Don't you think? It I counts think, as a win. I don't That's think it should. I think you should have oh, lost it counts. Game. It counts as a win. And I haven't won this game very often, so you must really not be very good at it. <laughs> I am I'm just kidding. batting 500 on this one. Yeah. I've only played twice, and I've won once. Yeah. Dean, he got ousted as a pirate pretty early in the game, and there wasn't too much waffling of wondering who he was. There was a little bit. There's always... that's a, And I don't want to go into... That's the, one of the beauties of this game, 
it's like any a lot of good social deduction games is you always have that nagging what if yes what if they've been playing me this entire time uh-huh and i've had that happen and it's not fun some some of them though i think you can figure it out at least have a really good idea i think this one it's harder to figure out and be totally certain who that who the people are you yeah. know it is. I mean, the thing about this game is the thing. The wild card is the cult leader in this game. If it was just pirates and sailors, whatever, it wouldn't be near as fun. The cult leader, yeah, can win by getting to the center place or getting fed to the kraken. So technically, you could, though it's probably as Neil as we talked about this. It's probably not the most optimum way to play it. But you could technically pretend to be a sailor the entire game, hoping that the pirates would just throw you overboard when you hit a kraken, and you win the game. Right. Game over. Right. And that's what I, that that was what was stuck in my head with like Hans and some of the people that, I was, that was on my team. I was like, oh my gosh, if this person is playing us the entire game just to let us throw them overboard to become one with the Kraken and win the game, I'm gonna be to'd. The best is when the pirate is the captain when it's time to throw somebody over, though. I think, which is what happened in this game, and uh, we did throw a sailor over and still lost. But I just think that's a, a really cool thing because in that in that case. You know, I knew who the pirates were. I obviously wasn't going to throw a pirate over. Yeah. But if I threw the cult leader over, everyone would have lost. I tried to throw some doubt into his mind. Just a little. I don't think he had a lot of doubt, but he was... And then whenever you jump off the plank, you're supposed to declare whether you were the cult leader or not. And I declared I was, even though I wasn't. And it was fun to look at everyone's faces for just a split second. (laughs) (laughs) When they thought, oh, crap, I lost the game. Um, okay. Anyways. It was a, it was a ton of fun though. Okay, in another game that we lost. But you can wait. You can look that up on YouTube. That's on YouTube. Before we move on. Yes. It was a, if you type in Virtual Gaming Con, or if you even go to YouTube and type Feed the Kraken, it's on our Twitter, Facebook, on our Twitter, Facebook, Twitter, Facebook, Facebook Twitter page. Old man John, he likes oh, to social media on the Twitter Facebooks. <laughs> so you should check that out. Uh, that was a blast. It was a lot. It's of a fun. long video. It's a long video though. Yes. It's about three hours. It is. It is. But it, it's, you can skip it's and watch parts super of it. engaging, though. It's a really engaging game in general. We had a lot of fun with it. It doesn't feel like that when you're playing it. No. You no, end no, it no. and you're like, oh my gosh, we just spent two or three hours playing this game. Yeah. It doesn't have to be that long. It's just because we're playing it online. Yeah. Uh, another kind of game that we got to play was with Board Game Gumbo. They do a mm-hmm. live show every Tuesday night. That so if you're blast. listening to it, it was actually last night. If you're listening to this, our podcast on the day that it released... They uh, they record or they do a live show on Tuesday night, so you just missed it, but watch it next week. But we were on it two weeks ago. Yep, two weeks. And we got to play. Part of that was you know you talk about the games that you play. We also got to play a game of kind of a a game of heartthrob with. <laughs> that was fun. With the board game Gumbo people and also Alex from Dukes of Dice, Alex and Abby from Dukes of Dice, and it was a lot of fun. We had a blast on that show. Yeah, it was absolute blast. So much fun. They have that one's posted as well. If you go to, um, if you go to Board Game Gumbo, their Facebook page, or you see if you go to YouTube and you look up Board Game Gumbo, you can see the video of that as well. Yeah, and that was yeah that BJ was awesome, man. That was really fun. Yeah, we we didn't really fun know with some other folks lately. Yeah, we didn't. We're not super just know playing what to games expect, by but... ourselves. <laughs> That's <laughs> most of the time we are. So if you have a cool show like that and you want us on there, please ask us because. Please, mommy. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, the reason I did that was I was last night, I was watching the Office episode where um, Andy sings that song that he made up of the little girl uh, towards, oh. towards a, a soldier. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's like, that's so cringy, Andy. 
Yeah, that oh, was pretty boy. funny. Okay, I'm looking forward to hearing about 80s movies. But I've first, been... we have to know why I'm Johnny Warm Brown Sugar. Nope. Warm Vanilla Sugar. Okay. Can we keep this one brief? Because I don't really care that much about it. It's because that's the that's the new scent of wallflower that I plugged into the wall. Cool. All right. So, eighties movies. All right. So we are. <laughs> that almost... hurt your feelings too. Is that... No, I okay. liked it actually. All right. So our our eighties movie tournament is almost over. It should be over. If you're tired of listening to this, first of all, just turn off your radio right now. Stop no, listening to our. No, podcast. no, no, don't. We want you on here. Just joking. We want you even on here, even if you don't like it. Next episode will be the last. But with that being said, we are down. We are into our second round, and because there is only eight movies left, we started with thirty-two, but we went in rounds of four, right? So there's eight movies left, and we're just doing face-offs instead of going four and four. So did we go through the entire? No, no, no. Next we went round? through four. We went through four of the eight. So next, next, oh, this next week we'll do okay. the same thing and then have the championship. I got you. And it'll okay. be over. Okay. So uh, I'm actually going to put the most interesting one last, even though we did that first. All right. So these are head to head. Head to head. Back to the Future versus Die Hard. John voted for Back to the Future. If you I voted for Die Hard. Also voted for Back oh, to the Future. I was about to come up off this table. I think Back to the Future won like. 75% to 25%. You saw this, didn't you? No, I did not. 76% to 24%. I really am amazing at this game. <laughs> Some, Seriously. Sometimes. Like, I, I may not be good at any board game, but I this can do this game. game. Yeah, this was not interesting at all. That was just an absolute slaughtering. I think it's because Back to the Future will win the whole thing, but I could be wrong, which it should. Jonathan, our, our good pal Jonathan, we know that he voted for, for Die Hard. That's one of his faves. Well, if he, Jonathan, if you're listening to this and you voted for that, you can go and die hard. Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> That's how we treat residents of Meepletown. That's it. Um, that, I should, I retract that statement entirely. Okay. Because like, I was trying to be funny, but that's pretty mean actually, isn't it? You, do you want to say something else mean towards him now? I love you, Jonathan. Okay. And I want you to be my best buddy. There we go. That's better. All right. So that was, that was a no brainer though. You are correct. And Back to the Future was the right answer. And Jonathan, as smart as Jonathan is, in as many games as he wins, he was completely wrong about this one. Yeah, we have a buddy. If that's who he voted for, and I'm assuming he did. I'm going to quickly mention that we have a friend that has a podcast. What is it called? What's John's podcast called? The Mulas? What? What is John Mueller's <laughs> podcast called? <laughs> oh, uh, they didn't They didn't ask us. So they, Sorry. John is in his late 20s, right, Dean? Uh, correct. I think that's right. And he just watched Back to the Future 2 and 3 for the first time and didn't care for either one very much. He thought they were just mediocre, which I thought was basically blasphemy. <laughs> and I, you know what I told him he can go do? Oh, my gosh. Die Hard is what I'm guessing. <laughs> Man, so much violence this morning. That. I didn't tell him that. All right. So that was a slaughter, speaking of Die Hard. <laughs> Let's move on to the next the one. The next one easy. is Raiders of the Lost Ark versus Princess Bride. This was closer. Ooh. Oh, well, that helps. I still think Princess Bride won. Maybe 60-40. Is that right? Well, if you would reverse it, the actual winner, so maybe you're not as good as you thought. Oh. Raiders of the Lost Ark won 60.7 to 39.3. I'm more okay with that one. So Raiders of the Lost Ark beat out Princess Bride. Wow. 
even in the midst of this time whenever Princess Bride has, what, a remake or something that Jack Black and some folks did that I want to see badly, but I haven't seen it yet? I still think I still think Princess Bride would have won for me with any of these, but it would have been closer with Last Crusade, I think. You like Last Crusade better than Lost Ark? Yep. Really? Yeah, I like him in reverse order the best. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So there you go, Meepletown. We are moving on. Um, we are moving on. Raiders of the Lost Ark and Back to the Future are moving on to the next round. Okay. And then, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? What are you thinking? Uh, I'm, I'm thinking, where's Goonies? Those are two really good. Where's Goonies in all this? Is, are we, is Goonies still in this? He got kicked out the first time. <laughs> it's not even close. I, yeah. I need to go back and watch that. Goon, I mean, not the movie, because I've seen it a bazillion times because it's the best 80s movie. But Is that is that is that what you would say? I had to say, is that, is that, is that, is that? <laughs> is Goonies the best 80s movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, no doubt about it, huh? John and I were talking beforehand. He's not watched the, uh, the Josh Gad Reunited Together videos. He's been doing these... Zoom meetings, like reuniting cast from different movies. So he did Goonies and Back to the Future, and we just watched Ghostbusters and uh, what else? Was Splash was on there and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. We haven't watched that one yet, but anyway, they've been really, really entertaining. Lord of the Rings, they've been really entertaining to watch, and I think you would really enjoy the Back to the Future one. But the Goonies one made me want to immediately watch Goonies, and I did. Well, there you go. For those who are wondering, the la- other four are. Star Wars Empire Strikes Back versus Return of the Jedi. That's going to be so epic. <laughs> Is that right? I'm saving that for the oh, last of wow. these four. And then Breakfast Club versus Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. I can't even believe Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure has made it out of 32. Even made the top 32. How I, about that? I, well, I, It shouldn't have even been on the list. What? Monster Squad should have taken that spot. No one voted for Monster Squad. Oh, it wasn't on. It was on the list. It was it? on the list, and no one voted for it. <laughs> so you are absolutely in the minor. Look at it. He's trying to. Uh, to I don't know what he's trying to do, but he's he's hating on Meeple Town. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. I love Meeple Town. He just said. He just whispered. I wish I just, they would die hard. I just don't think Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is a top thirty-two movie. Well, you but thought, you thought wrong. Apparently. I think we should move on from the 80s movies. What we've been playing lately. What we've been playing lately. You want me to start it off? Sure. All right. So we recently, we as in my wife and I, got a play of Mr. Jack and Mr. Jack in New York. I'm just going to combine the conversation between both of these because Mr. Jack is one that we've played a decent amount of times over the years. We've played, yeah, quite quite a few times. But we recently got a copy of Mr. Jack in New York, and that's the one I really wanted to focus on. I'm not going to go into a lot of the detail of the game, but but basically you have one person that takes on the side of the detective. It's a two-player only game. And another player who takes on Mr. Jack. And you draw a card to tell you who Mr. Jack is on the board, and then you have to either escape as Mr. Jack or uh, go through the entire game. It's uh, eight rounds, I think, is what it is. So you have to get through the entire eight rounds, and you win. Now, the detective needs to discover who Mr. Jack is. And you're going to do this by... In both games, you you have these uh, these tiles, and the one player will take one tile and take the actions on that tile. Then the next player will take the next two tiles and take the actions on those. And then the next person, the other person, will go back and take their their second action for the round. And you do that going back and forth. So one person goes the first and final action, and then the other person goes second and third action. And then you reverse those every other round. 
And th that's the gist of the game. Now, the actions are um, moving players around. Everyone gets to move around, but you also, they all have their, their own special abilities. Like one will light the gas lamp or one will um, move another player or move several different players. So there's lots of different things that you can do. But what you're trying to do is you are trying to get Mr. Jack to be seen, which means that he is in a lit area or next to another player. And if he's seen, then all the ones that are unseen will be flipped over. And so you're just kind of narrowing it down to figure out who Mr. Jack is. And then at some point you get to put your marker on top of Mr. Jack and say, this is who it is and I win. Mr. Jack is one that we like a lot, but playing as Mr. Jack in the original one is super difficult. Like, really? I mean, I don't know in all the games. Ah, that's not true. I think Mr. Jack has escape. He has for sure. But most of the games he does not. Now, Mr. Jack in New York for us, and I, and we've only played that one once, but I think it's going to be easier for Mr. Jack to escape. I think the the game felt a little more balanced in the New York or maybe even definitely more on the side of Mr. Jack in than compared to Mr. Jack the the original one. So anyway, we like this one a lot. This is one that I've played with my wife cuz she likes those games. John, I don't think would like this game at all. I think you would have zero interest in this. In the words of Matt Foley, I don't care Jack Squat. Yep, you don't. You don't care Jack Squat. We also recently played Mr. Jack Pocket, which is one that we played a decent amount too. Out of those three, it's probably my least favorite. Mr. Jack in New York is probably Mr. my Jack favorite. Jack in my pocket, and another hand moving a peace sign. Yep. All right. Are you done? Mm -hmm. That's it. <laughs> anyway, that's we like it a lot. A lot of people like this game. What do you What do you think this This is ranked overall, John. I'm just gonna throw this out there. Oh, I have no idea. No idea. I mean, apparently it's ranked decently high if you're saying that. Well, I mean, it's not super high. It's 500. Five. Five. Oh, were you going to say it? I was just going to say five something. That's okay. All. I five what? 46. 505. That's not even close. <laughs> <laughs> 500 something was, was pretty good, though. So it's it's a game that people really like, I think. I, I, I like it. We like it a lot. It's it's a fun two-player game. It's quick, too. They play in like 30 minutes at most. There you go. Yep. You love those games. Yeah, we do. We like these a lot. Yeah. We've got some some exit games coming up. We've got some other, like, we need to get through our Chronicles, Chronicles of Crime campaign. So, like, we, we that's our jam, I think, those, those kind of mystery games. A lot of fun. There you go. Well, a game that I've been playing lately is one that Dean has been playing lately as well. Speaking of ranked number 505 overall, this game is ranked 450 overall. Mm -hmm. So not too far away. That is Noosefjord by a wonderful designer. His name is Ugersenberg. <laughs> what do you think about this game, Dean? Oh, what do I think about the song? Or so, what do I think about the game? Yeah, so in this game, you are, what, fishermen in northern Norway, I see here. You can uh -huh. clear trees, you can build a harbor, you can get some of the elders. And uh, yeah, so this is a worker placement game. Very similar to Uva's other... Not that they're similar, but they have sim very similar mechanics where you're going to place a disc onto a spot you're going to hire an elder you're going to be able to build um, ships you're going to be able to build buildings that will give you a potentially perpetual bonuses or like a one-time bonus like some of his other games um yeah what do you think about this one man i like this one a lot a it's whole 7. lot 7.6 on bgg 
Yeah, I, I had been, I've had my eye on this one for a while because it, it looked interesting, and but it didn't get it didn't always have the best the best reviews. It, it had really good reviews, but then it had some that were kind of ho hum. So I was I don't know I was I was kind of ho hum on on checking this one out, but I have really really enjoyed you my love plays this of this a lot. Yeah, this is this is one of my favorite Uva games I think. And I, I, it has, you're right, it has the feel of like, you know, the worker placement in all of his games, but it also has a feel of, of Glass Road, where you have a ton of different cards, um, which, sorry, Glass Road doesn't have it. Glass Road has the, a ton of different buildings, I guess, but this one has a ton of different cards, but it has, um, you know, this, this board where you have to clear off wooded areas, and which he does that in a lot of his games, but it kind of reminded me more so of, of Glass Road. So that you can build buildings into those spots, and they do different things, and I, I like that. And this one, part you can build your forest back too, which is kind of interesting. You can, and actually, you can build an engine around that yeah. about cutting your forest down and then building it back up and getting a lot of points and wood and gold and everything else. So you would think that the elders would have died by the time the forest grew and you were allowed to cut them back down again. So that's not very thematic. No, no, no. In Newsfield, you can actually grow a tree in a day. In so, a t- <laughs> yeah, uh, not just a tree, a whole forest. It doesn't take 70 years. No, under uh, to you, grow you just tree. put the tile down and it's done. So it's, 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 it's a magical land. <laughs> I liked it. Um, you didn't love it. I though. didn't like it as much as Dean likes it. I did. I thought it was an enjoyable game. Um, the weight is 2.88 here. And I, it felt like that when I was playing, like it's definitely one of the lighter for those style games of his, which I think that's, I mean, that's, there's a positive to that. Like, I think it's pretty simple to teach the game, but a lot of his games are easy to teach, but they're not easy strategically. Cause a lot of times you just place a disc and do what it says, you know, it's not overly complex to know what it, to know how to play it, um, to understand how to play it, but then to understand how to score well, you know, yeah, it can be. It can be. I, yeah, I liked it. I wasn't in love with it, but I liked it. Yeah. Now we've only played with the the original. Like the, it comes with three different decks, which is interesting. Like the base game comes with that many, and so the buildings that you get. Even so, if you play a two player game, not all the buildings are going to come out. So you can play with that one deck a lot, but it has three yeah. in the box, and uh, I I think that's I think that's really interesting because there's a lot of options for building engines with whatever comes out on the board. This felt like a, a streamlined version, if you want to say streamlined as a word, of some of his other games. Meaning, like, the resources, you have two resources, right? You got your monies, you got your, uh, three resources, excuse me, money, wood, and fish. That's it. So, there are people, I think there'll be people who really like that about it, how it feels like a, a streamlined version of some of his other games. For me, I actually want more resources. I want more thinkiness a little bit to it and stuff like that. I mean, it still would give it a good score. There's no doubt about it. I enjoy my play of this. It just doesn't compare with A Feast for Odin and Caverna and Lahav and stuff like that for me. Which, you're talking to someone who this is maybe his favorite designer. Right. You know, so that's, right. that's the other piece to that. And have played his other games. Some of those other games are, excuse me, way high up there, like top 10, you know. Yeah, and my, my jam... But this if, is good. If you listen to us, you know my jam. Uh, actually, if, I think I did this at one point. I took my top, like maybe 10, 15, 20 games, something like that. And I did the average weight of them to see what it was. And my average weight, I think, was 2.8, if I remember right, which is perfectly in this spot for, sure. for Newsfjord. Ex- and yeah. so I, I've i really enjoyed some of his, like, Glass Road, Newsfjord, and uh, what's it? Uh, Reichholt, out of those three, is probably my least favorite, I think. But you it's still really fun. need to play really at the fun. Gates of Luoyang. Yeah, I'll check that out. But I, you know, I I don't I joke with John because he's such a big Uva fan. But 
I don't dislike Uva's games. I actually really like the ones that I've played, but they're not they're not my favorite. But I think, yeah, I, I, it, he's playing games like this bit, makes me want to play more of his, even yeah. though I've played a decent amount of his in the past. So, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, but I I would own this one. I probably wouldn't pay. With how I'm trying to keep my collection down, I probably wouldn't pay the forty five fifty bucks because you have it. Correct. If you didn't have it, I, w- I would think about picking it up. I like it that much. You know, yeah. Now good. there's a, a lot of stuff in the box, so that whatever it oh, was sure. is, is way worth it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right, Meeple Town. Something I am super excited about. I don't know if Dean is or not. Dean, are you hype about this? Hype. You are hype. Hype. What is? I mean, are you hype? Or are you just gonna yell hype? <laughs> yeah, I'm hyped. I think it's gonna be fun. Isn't this hard? Isn't it like get you juiced when you just yell the word hype? If you're like hype, like it's hard to even. Yeet. Yeah, it's it's the it's the way that the word comes out of your mouth, and you just get excited. You're like, hype. So what we're gonna do for the very next podcast? This is something new. We're trying. Hopefully, it's gonna go super well. If it goes poorly, then we're just gonna cancel the podcast altogether. We're gonna shut everything down. Everything YouTube, is done. So podcast. if you if y'all don't show up for this, Mabel Town will no longer exist. Yeah, it's on your shoulders, Mabel Town. Which none of that is true. The part that's true is that we are hype about what our next podcast Yeet. is. So we're gonna do a live podcast, and we're gonna do it on YouTube or Facebook Live. We're not hundred percent sure. We haven't. We don't know any of the details on this before we announce we it. We don't. We just said this okay. is the idea that we're going to do. Yeah. And so what we're going to do is we're, we're going to post it on Twitter. So just we don't know the time and date at the moment. We're going to know in the next few days. On Twitter, we're going to post it on the Board Game Geek Guild. On Facebook, all our social media platforms, we will put the date and the time for this. But we're going to invite, we're going to do a video, um, video live stream or whatever of, our, of the podcast as we're recording it. But we want it to be highly interactive. So we are going to even ask Meeple Town for y'all to suggest some games for us to review. We're not going to go and do... Are we going to do one big review? What did we decide on that, Dean? Uh, I thought we said we were not, that we were just going to do a bunch of That's little That's what ones, I think, yeah. It depends, honestly, it depends on the interaction here. If we don't get a ton of ideas um, or games that... We, you know, they have to be games that we've played yeah, <laughs> or can play sure. pretty quickly, but... I think we would prefer to do a bunch of little reviews so we can have more interaction. Yeah, and actually get some. I want, I want like some eight or whatever, zero out of ten, eight out of ten. I want scores from Meeple Town too. I want Meeple Town to go out and say, "I'm going to give Bruges, which we'll talk about here uh, later on the podcast, this score," so that we can actually kind of get a just a collective idea of how we feel about a game. We may play a, a game. We may come up with something crazy. We will. We plan on coming up with some kind of little game or something for us to play and hoot and holler and laugh uh, during the podcast. So we're thinking that we, we're going to try this. We wouldn't mind having this as something we do quarterly or some, you know, semi-regularly or something like that. So we would love for y'all to join. Just check out Facebook, all of our social medias, Twitter, all that for details on when we're going to do it. We'll put it in the guild too, and we'll ask them what, what games you want to want to play in there. So again, that's 3407 in case you don't listen to the end of the show, but go to boardgamegeek.com, guild number 3407, and we'll post some things in there, some ideas that we'll, we'll have on the live thing. So this is, it's a test for us. We'll see how it works. Yeah. But again, if it fails, we're done. That's it. <laughs> now we're going to go to back-to-back-to-back failed games. Trifecta of failed it's coming at you. There we go. Nailed it. So we're going to start off with Aquasphere. Hey, John, let's talk about Aquasphere. What let's talk say? about Aquasphere. Hey, let's, first of all, what do you think about Stefan Feld? 
What do you think about what do you think oh, about this, okay. this new, okay. new designer on the block? This new designer. If you listen to our top five designers, I think it was. It's on both of our lists for sure. Hi. Two or three, somewhere around there, I think. He was listed as number three for me, though uh, it was my top three were painfully difficult. It was like splitting hairs. So, you know, tomorrow he might be my favorite. <laughs> There's still some games Honestly, of him I, hasn't, I haven't played that, it, I mean, it could. The I more him. I play of him, the more he rises up on my favorites, yeah, so for good. sure. And you'll see a lot of that today. But So, Queen Games is doing this collection, the City Collection. And they've been I know, in, and they're teasing us. Yeah, with all these different Feld games. And I don't, I don't know how many are in the collection, but it's it looks like several. I think it's five games. I'll I'll go ahead and okay. verify that. I couldn't it, I couldn't tell from the picture, but anyway, they've been teasing the sides of the box of where the locations are for these, and so uh, yeah, I think it's John five. said five. Um, and so it's it's got me intrigued. Six. To, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. That's fine. Is to, that right? Or that? So, good maybe gracious! I'm sorry, y'all. Let me finish my sentence. I'm. I know. <laughs> I, I'm totally jumping in and interrupting him, but he asked me. I did ask you a question. How many there were? Yeah, I don't know. It's, I'll try to figure it out. Sorry, Dean. I won't talk again the rest of the podcast. But anyway, it's got us more interested in, in checking out Felds as if we weren't interested enough. But the first one we're going to talk about is a 2014 game called Aquasphere. Aquasphere, I'm going to go ahead and say the art is by Dennis Lohausen, which is one of our, our faves, yes, right? Absolutely. And this one is, uh, let's see, it says it's published by Hall Games on here. I'm not sure exactly who the... Uh, oh, that's right. TMG, Tasty Minstrel Games is the one that... Uh, uh, distributes it in the United States. In Aquasphere, you have your lab, and you are all working together in this this uh, this area with, that has like these what five six different domes or something like that. Six, I think. Is it? I should be looking at the board. Um, but you're going to be moving around on that board. Six, you're right. You're going to be moving around on that board, and you're going to be taking ac- an action within each of those domes. And how that plays out is you are going to be programming bots. This is this has some some programming in it. That's kind of one of the the main mechanisms. And you will program a bot to do an action. So, for example, if I program a bot to take the the red gear action, that's going to give me a card. So I put that bot in my program section but he doesn't take the action until I actually move around the board and take the action on the board. Mm -hmm. And that's the gist of the game. Like if you look at the board, you're like, Oh my goodness gracious, there is a lot going on in this game. And there is, this is a really thinky game. However, the actions in the game is either you're going to program a bot or you're going to take the action with a bot that's programmed or you're going to pass. That's it. And then you're going to play through, uh, you play through four rounds of this, and that is the entire game. So that's, yeah, that that's my overview. Is that good enough for you, John? That's it's it. good enough for me. Okay. All right. All right. So I think that when we say let's talk about the art and components, they're going to be pretty similar comments on all three of these games. You think so? Yeah. I would disagree. Okay. Wow. All right. Well, let's do it then. Yeah, I, I think uh, so. Maybe the components, that. but not the art. For no, sure. I meant the components. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't care for the art on this game. On this game, you don't. Yeah, not really. Okay. I I, I don't. It's jumbly. <laughs> yeah, I mean the box doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. First of all, I, I that it just doesn't do a whole lot. Which I mean, you know, I'm a big Dennis Lohausen, a huge Dennis Lohausen fan. Yeah. Let me pull the box back up here. Let me just give it a second glance. It's fine. <laughs> 
if you look at the board, I think it's the font of the aqua font. You know what I mean? At the top of the page, it looks kind of like a shark or a wave or something. I mean, it is. A, a I don't know. I just don't like it. Thematic, right? That's the way it's supposed to be. I like the picture that you want to look like drew, a volcano though. or something. Maybe a. I think maybe I like a bear. It. I don't. I don't know what you want out of out of the font. I don't know. It's not my favorite box cover either. And if you look at the board, it is super intimidating because it, it almost looks almost from afar looks like the uh, like eighties Trivial Pursuit, like Genius Edition <laughs> Trivial Pursuit board, right? And I played a lot of that when I was a kiddo. <laughs> Me too. Uh, but then you get closer and you're like, there is a thousand. There are a thousand spots on this board, and it is. I think it's a pretty intimidating game to look at because it looks super super heavy. And out of his games, this is one of his heavier games. Like it sure it's a is. three point six eight. Yeah. But again, you're only doing one of three things each turn, and and one of those is passing. So essentially, you're only doing one of two th- one of two things. You're already getting into the gameplay. Right. Okay. But all that to say, looking at the board, it is a little intimidating. But I do like the bits in this game. I was waiting for you to say that. I like I like the custom meeples. You've got engineer meeples. You have the bot meeples. You have submar- like- submarine meeple submarine. Mm-hmm. Submer meeples and the octopus. What are those actually called in the game? Octopods. Octopo- octopods. Yep. Yeah, those are cool. Yeah, I really, I love, I love the components in this game. Sometimes I like to take those and comb my hair with them a little bit. The octopods. The, yeah, the little feet. It's like a little bitty comb. Like a little baby comb. And that's what I do. Sometimes I just sit here and just let John talk because he won't stop. <laughs> just, <laughs> he'll just keep on. It's uh. Yeah, he's like Chandler Bing on the the office. (laughs) (laughs) Chandler Bing on the office. Chandler Bing on Friends, who just, he won't stop unless somebody stops him. You have to stop, yeah. (laughs) Uh, So you don't like it. That's a dangerous thing to attempt, because then it usually makes me want to go even more when someone tries to stop me. So it is probably best to just wait it out and hope that it dies out. It won't. It won't die out. It never dies hard. Every time. Yeah, I know. Someone should say that towards me, apparently. But you don't you don't love it. You don't love the look of this one. I don't love the look at it. I don't hate it. I don't love the look of it either yeah, because it is it. busy. But I do think that I like be, the bits and stuff, like you said. Because there's so much stuff on the board, I, th- this is a challenge to design this to not be so busy. I think. I mean, I like how they color coded all the rooms really nicely and stuff, which is helps it to be a whole lot more intuitive understanding. So yeah, I'll, yeah. I just remember when I saw it on the table. I mean, the first time I've ever you know, saw a video of it, I was just like, mm, okay. I do think the design is pretty well done. That sounds weird because I just talked about how busy it is, but because of all the things that you have to have on the board, I think it's pretty intuitive once you're playing it, the game. It is. And, and your player board gives you all the information that you need. So like if I place a tile or if I take an action to take to place my submarine, for example, yeah. it's obvious that I need to take points based on whatever the center tile is to tell me how many points I get. And all sure. that, you don't have to look in the rule book that often in this game. Yep. So what do you think about the gameplay? I think this is maybe his heaviest game that I've played. Not, not his heaviest game, but maybe the heaviest one that I've played. Have you played Bora Bora yet? Not yet, but I think Bora Bora is probably heavier than this. I, I didn't look at the weight it to is. see it. Okay. I, can't, I mean, according to BGG, but they're they're really close. Yeah. Like, I think it was like 3.7 something. So This one sat on my shelf for a while because of how intimidating it looked and how uh, intimidating I thought it was going to be. But then when you play the game and you like the rule book's not super dense at all because again you're just taking those those two actions and there's some things to go along with each of those actions but I I didn't think that this was 
it was difficult to grasp. Well, I had the opposite experience of you, Dean. I expected it to, it was more difficult than I thought. Now, in the sense of more thinky when you're playing the game, you're 100% right. It wasn't that difficult to grasp because I watched some playthroughs and I thought, oh, that makes sense. That's simple. But then when you're playing the game, you're like, whoa. You would think it'd be simple that you have a couple bots and you're sending one out and you're doing, you know, you would think that would be super simple, but it ain't. It's, it is deceptively complex. It can be tricky because getting that, oh, I have to program the bot before I can actually take the action is a tricky concept to grasp, I think. And that, that's one of the things that yeah. you got hung up on, I feel like. Yeah, at the beginning, it took me a couple, three, two to three rounds in that first game that we played to... In this game, you have... All right, so here are some things that are that are some people are going to love about the game and some people are not going to love about the game. This game is A, super tight. Like it's it's a tight game. It's a pretty like, like it's tight. It's like like, like good. Players are gonna you if you're playing well, you're gonna score pretty close to each other. 50, 60, 70 points. I don't know, whatever. I think that it's I can't remember what the points were exactly, but I think it's a tight game. Um with that being said, if you make mistakes in this game, it's very punishing, I th- I feel like. I feel like because you you have to pre plan, you know, you're always planning ahead, constantly planning ahead. If you screw it up and you're playing against someone who's good. Like that second game, Dean killed me, even though I said it's tight. I mean, it still was you know within reason, but he still, for this game, beat me handily. Right, Dean? Yeah. Well, okay. So one of the things you have to think about is you, everyone has their own lab. You start off with a starting lab that allows you to have a certain amount of things that you can store. So you can have a certain amount of gear cards and, and tiles and all those things yeah. and, and, and how many octopods that you can remove. So if you... Just keep that lab the way that it is. <laughs> so You're probably not going to win this game, John. I don't think you upgraded your lab the entire no, game. Is that, that was right? The worst. And the I, last time I completed my lab, which is a bonus five yeah. points at the end of the game, I think, which yeah. doesn't seem like a lot, but you're but also... But it's a tight game. It, five yeah. points is a lot in this game. It is, but it's also the letters that are inside your lab. So each each lab has potentially has letters on there, and if you have different letters, you get one. Oh gosh! I mean, yeah, it's a certain amount of points uh, for how many you have. And yeah, I can't I, remember what all those. I are. had five letters. You had all of them, and I got five points for completing it, which yeah. was it was like there's no way you were going to win that. I think game. it was twenty points total. I think it was fifteen plus five. That's probably right. Which was yeah. tough. Yeah, that was really really tough for me. Um, but but yeah, that was really poor planning on your side. <laughs> it was. It was bad. I mean, it, I, this is what I tend to do, Meeple Town. When I, you know, the first time we played this, guess what happened. Dean and I tied, and he won on a stupid tiebreaker, which I'm going to email Stefan Feld and say, hey, that was a dumb tiebreaker rule. I don't remember what the tiebreaker was now, do you? It was totally appropriate, and I lost, and I'm just being bitter (laughs) about it. Um, I can't remember what it was exactly. But I tend to overcorrect in games. Like I I tend to go, okay, I didn't do that right, and so I went heavy on this other direction, which was even stupider than what I did. (laughs) I played better the first time. for sure, uh, in this game, but yeah, 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 man, you, if you, you have to plan, you have to always be thinking ahead in this game. That's the name of this game. Yes, you're. I mean, actually, it's Aquasphere. You like that? <laughs> thinking aheady. <laughs> this is it, because it's a programming game. Any programming game, you're going to have to think ahead. But this one, you, you have to think where you're going, not just where you are. That's just so important. So, like, yeah, I, I mentioned the octopods. That's one good example. So you, there is an area control element of this. If you have control over more of those six pods than anyone else, 
then you get a bonus point. You get bonus points at the end of each round. Okay. But if you are in control of a pod that has octopods in there or like a dome or whatever with octopods, they're going to give you negative points at the end Mm -hmm. of the round. So you have to clean them up. So you have to think, is it worth it? Is it it worth it? Is it worth it for me to have the majority of the control? I get these six points, but I'm going to lose four. Yeah, that's right. And it might not be. And it still, you know, it could be. You also have to think. Because you're taking that away from your opponent. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And you also have to think, if I take this action, I'm going to... And, and someone else comes behind in the same dome and takes an action. They're going to push my guy into the uh, loading dock, shipping dock, whatever that's called. I don't remember. Uh, docking station. Should I just keep saying different things? Uh, last podcast I was just listening to, you, <laughs> Dean says that he just keeps saying things because eventually he'll get it right. I will. So talk about someone. I think one of those four things was going. right. <laughs> <laughs> so you get that pushed in. Now, okay. Without seeing this or playing this might be kind of confusing, but as they get pushed out, so the more the more of those bots that you get out on the board, the more points that you're going to get at the end of the round because they're re- they're revealing points every time they go out on the board. Yeah. But if somebody keeps taking spots in that one dome, it's going to push Keep out the bots out. that are in there back onto your board. And so you have to think ahead. Is it, again, worth it for me to take this action here, which is really good, but it's going to push out a bot that's going to make me lose points at the end of the round. Yeah. I thought about this on the way over here. I was thinking ahead for the podcast, which doesn't always happen. A lot of times I'm just just shooting from the hip. <laughs> but I was thinking, you know, in any game, planning ahead is generally important, right? You got to plan ahead in almost any board game. Right. But there are some that really punish you if you don't. And this is one of those. That's why what I meant by the punishing thing. Like, if you don't take the action at the right time, if you don't take area control at the right time because then Dean could just go back and take it. You're, you know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, I took it, but then I, yeah, you weren't paying attention that he could just take it right back the next turn. And so you really have to be thinking about that. There's a lot of plates that are spinning at the same time yes. that you have to balance in this game. And if you're taking wrong actions at the wrong time, it's, it's really going to hurt you big yeah. time. And this isn't one of those failed games where you score 180 points. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah, that's I said, like it's, you're not... Yeah, so you 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 can't constantly you can't make a several mistakes against a good player. I don't think, or they'll they'll start to wallop you. Yeah, which is what we saw. Yeah, we did. I mean, if you take a big time chunk of the area control, now we have seen games swing. But even the first game, I think I had maybe four or five of the six spots for a couple rounds. I, but I by think the for end, at least three rounds. You yeah, did. and at, by the end, Dean took control of it again. So you definitely can shift. You know. Um, the balance or whatever, but it's not just overnight that it, that takes place. And I had, you know, I want air control for several rounds yeah, because of that. Which is, that brings up an interesting point, John, because I think that to me shows that there's lots of different valid ways to win this game. There it absolutely is. You know, there you, you can go heavy with the area control. You can go heavy collecting crystals, which gives you points at the end of the, at the end of each round for however many you have there. You I didn't recognize with, the value of that. Dean scored a lot of points. I by, did. That last game was getting five crystals or something that I held on to. Because once, yeah. you, if you've ever played Suburbia, you know that like you pass over this place in the reputation track, and you actually have to move down on. I tracks. was going to mention that. Yeah. That kind of happens in this one too, where you have to get rid of a crystal once you pass over the red line, and if you don't, you have to get rid of a program bot, which is kind of a big deal. And if you don't do that or can't do that, then you just don't go any farther on the on the point track, which is. Which is tough. Again, another area you have to plan for. That's that's it. Like you have to constantly be thinking ahead because that is something you can forget about in this game. Yeah. When you Uh have all these, you know, you know, wheels spinning or whatever, and you're 
sitting there trying to balance those and then all of a sudden you go oh my gosh i forgot to have the you know crystal i don't think that ever happened in the game but there were a couple times in any time that i've played this game but there have been times where i've almost forgotten and i was and it was at the very i was like oh my gosh i better get that crystal yeah you know um so but you can also you know it's it's valid to go the route of of clearing out octopods you know you can get a lot of points from clearing out octopods especially if if you are if you have a card that gives you four victory points for moving up on the um, engineer track for the octopod, so engineer track is one of the ways that you can, or whatever that's called, is one of the ways that you can program your bots. Um, you move up your engineer, and if it's the octopod, octopod space, you put your bot on the octopod planet spot. That is spot. scary. The octocod. octocod. <laughs> the, the octo. It's a fish that has eight fins out the back. <laughs> That's creepy. It is not in this game, however. <laughs> Although maybe it should have. Maybe it should have been that. The Octocod. Let's design a board game around that idea, Dean. But I, I think because of that, there's there's lots of valid ways to score points in this game, there which is. is intriguing to me. But the interesting thing is, is when the last game that we played, I kind of said, "All right, there's a lot of ways to score points. Let me go heavy in this couple direction," and I failed to even care about. You can't do that, I don't think, in this game. I think everything, most everything, you kind of have to do a little bit. Like, you can't totally forget the octopods. Even right. if you, you can't totally forget to upgrade your engineering place. You can't totally, you know, you. so yes, you can go stronger in certain areas, but you. it's not a game where you can just go, forget that, I'm going this direction, or you'll get thwalloped like yeah. I did. Yeah. yeah I tried right. that. I like to explore, you know, different strategies, and I explored that one to the tune of a thwallop is thwallop a word i should say wallop but i just wanted to add a little t on the front of that that i think that emphasizes the wallop like it's not just a wallop it's a thwallop thwallop. (laughs) yeah a thwacking and a wallop that's right final Uh, thoughts yeah let's go ahead and go on to our final thoughts okay um i i I, actually i want you to go first john because i had i had anticipated in my mind we've talked a little bit about it so i know some of his final thoughts but this is one that i thought john is going to absolutely love this game did you no, I really I liked it though. I liked it quite a bit. I I like that what we were just talking about that whole idea of having to balance all these plates. Though I will say sometimes that gets a little can get a little brain burnery, and I don't mind games like that at all. Um, I did a review on Trismegistus. I feel like it's like that. You're constantly having to brain, burn your brain. But I do typically like when you can let your brain relax a little bit in a game. I typically like. I like. I, I like. I, I typically don't. I typically enjoy but don't love games where I have to just think, 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 think. This isn't ultra brain burnery by any stretch. But you do have to constantly be thinking about what you're doing. Um, so I like it and don't like it. Yeah, I don't. You know what I mean? Like I like it, don't love it. I think that's the best way to say that when it comes to that type of thing. Um, and again, I like how you have to pay attention to everything, but there's different ways to score points. I think that's really nice. Um, some of the things that I, that I don't love is – so here's one of the, the – Two things. One is it is punishing if you mess up. If you if you're not if you start off with a bad engine, you can come back some, but it can also the other players can start to take over, especially with area control in a two player game, right? Specifically in a two player game, which is how I play honestly most of my games, really. Especially these days. Yeah, these <laughs> days especially. Exactly right. So um, that's that's not a knock on the game. It's a knock on personal preference. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing is. Um, oh crud! What was it? Oh Johnny, 
Oh, Johnny. This happened in the last episode. Oh, Johnny. This oh, happened in the last... Johnny. I just listened to myself do what I'm doing right now. Just talk. What's that song? Trying about? to remember. I don't know what... You, I have no idea. That's from some movie I saw recently. The other thing that I don't absolutely love in this game. Why don't you go ahead and start sharing your final thoughts why I think. <laughs> that's... Yeah. But again, I, I do want to, to definitely say I enjoy this game. Like I, th- th- I'm just given some things that I don't love about it, but I I do, and that, and again, I think all the things I don't love about it are just personal preference. Yes, that is pretty much any game. Oh, Narnia! It was on uh, Chronicles of Narnia. Oh, Johnny, <laughs> that I just watched recently. I don't remember that. Anywho, it's uh, it's at the beginning when they're like uh, playing playing the um, hide and seek. Yeah, yeah. That's what okay. I, okay. Anywho, I have to get back. That is, Andrews, a, that is there's sisters. intermission on my final thoughts. Why I try to think of the other thing that <laughs> that was important for me to say. I quite like this game. Again, I mentioned that it was really intimidating for me to look at everything, and I'd, I'd seen this game a bunch over the years, and uh, I just I had an opportunity to pick this one up for for really cheap. It was a I think this was a flea market pickup or something like that, and. Yeah, it just did not disappoint. I really enjoy the simplicity of just having two actions, but then like the complexity, the complexity that is found within how you move your engineer around when you plan your bots, when you take those actions, planning for the next round. I, I enjoy that you have to think ahead so far ahead. Like you have to build this strategy and kind of go with it. And then with the cards that you get, that helps you build that strategy and build an engine along with the tiles in your lab that helps build. So like, there's a lot of, which is another reason engine building is, is it's fairly strong from the cards and the tiles in this game, right? There's, there's a decent amount of engine building in this game, which is one, it's not like a, you know, I don't know. It's, it's not like straight up engine building, which is what you yeah, yeah, yeah. typically but love. Is. But there is that element of building an engine through those cards and through the tiles and through how you're yeah. moving everything around. I, could, I remember the thing I was going to say, if okay. you want me to say that. and give, I know you want me to give my score before you give yours, I think. I do. Yeah. Um, it's not going to so, change my score. but so just... And I, I actually did mention this to you, Dean. There's, and we're going to talk about Amerigo. We're going to talk about Bruges. There's certain games where I get a sense of accomplishment. Um, in Amerigo, you're going and exploring these lands, and at the end of the game, you look back and see all these glorious lands that you explored. In a lot of engine building games that I love, you have these great production moments where you sense like you really accomplished. You built something and you get to stand back and go, whoa. You don't get that in this game. You do have some engine building and stuff, but I don't. And I don't always have to have that, but I really like that in a game Mm -hmm. um, where you just feel like, wow, look at what I accomplished. This one is, you're getting points here, a few points there, a few points there, a few points there. And you do build a little engine and stuff like what you're saying. So I will give this a good score, uh, not a great score. I'm going to give it 7.5 out of 10. So solid game. Um, I don't think I'll have it in my collection just because I don't think my wife's going to like this game. I think she doesn't generally like games where you have to... We're planning. If you don't, if you're constantly planning ahead, she likes to breathe a little bit in her game. So I'm glad you have it, uh, but I'm I'm probably not. But I still I still thoroughly enjoy the game, and I will play it most of the time. I mean, if you want to play it right now, I'm in. Okay. All right. Well, that's going to do it for episode number 44. <laughs> that's it. We go play some Aquasphere. Aquasphere. Yeah, I do give this one a higher score. Not not super high. Uh, I, I mean, not super, not that much higher than yours. I'm going to give it an eight. 
This is a game that I think is really good. I'm not going to turn down a play of this game. I'm glad that I have it in my collection. If I didn't have it in my collection, I would be satisfied if you had it in yours. You know what I mean? Like That's it, what I was saying. It, Since you have it in yours, I don't feel like I need to have it. But I'm glad that one of us has this game because it's one that I think I'll get to the table. I don't, like you said, I don't think my wife, um, this is going to be her jam. Sometimes she'll just look at a board and say no. You know, like, <laughs> and and if, if she does that, this is a game where she will do that because it, it can be a really big turn off just looking at the board. But I enjoy the intensity of this game, which is something we didn't mention. You are constantly in this state of like tenseness in this game because you you want your your engine to do the things that you want it to do, but it doesn't always work out that way. But you have to think, you know, if I get this territory, well, I also have to get rid of the octopods. And I have yeah. to think if I'm in this sphere, how do I get over to this one? Because I really want to put my submarine in this spot over here. I really enjoy that piece of it. And and I, I could see getting, if if with the right people, I could see getting a lot of plays of this because again, I'm, I'm not going to turn down a play of this, I don't think, because I enjoy it that much. It is a lot of fun. I'm going to ask one more question. Do you yep. think this, I want to ask this about all of these because I think it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Do you think that this is a thematic game? Like, do you see the theme really shine in this one? Because people do. People say that this is one of his more thematic ones. That's not saying much though. For for Steffenfeld. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't mean, I don't care about theme. That's why I like Feld so much. Like theme doesn't matter. Maybe a little more thematic, but did I actually feel like I was really going around and doing these things? Not a lot. I think it's integrated well though. Like with your lab, I think that's interesting, you know, and it, and it like, I guess it kind of, it, it doesn't, you're right. It doesn't feel like you're doing anything in this, you know, bio It feels more anything. thematic than some of his other ones for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and people people would say that it's his most thematic. I don't know if I would agree with that. I don't know if it's his most thematic one out of the three ones that we're going to talk about today. It might be the least thematic out of those. I think, but I still mm, think that I don't it, think it's the least. But I, I agree with you. It might not be the most. I appreciate the efforts made to kind of integrate that theme into his mm-hmm. games. I think he does that and yeah. does it well. And it's definitely a different you know type of game. Yeah, theme you know for him. I don't. It's not like Uva and Agricola, you know, like yeah. that is super thematic, but it, you know, it's not that sort of thematic, but it's still, there's efforts made for the theme to kind of come out in this game. So you mentioned that you got it at a flea market. It's roughly $40 or a little bit under, it looks like, um, different places uh, on Amazon is a little over 40. So let's just say 40 bucks, Dean, worth it. I think so. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I don't I, because there's a lot in the box. Now it's hard for me to say that because I think I picked it up for like ten or fifteen dollars or something yeah. like that. Um, so and that you can usually sure pick it up pretty it, cheap, but, I think. But there is a there are a lot of wooden components in this box and a, a lot of replayability in this game too. I think so. Yeah, yep. I think it's worth it. I think it is too. So that is an eight from me, a seven and a half from John. Let's move on to Bruges. Next up, we're talking about Bruges, Ooh. and we are, I'll say we're, we're talking about Bruges with the expansion uh, City city on the Zwin. Is that what it's called? I believe so. Does that, does that seem right? Uh, it seems right to me. All right. Let's see. First, we got the designer, Stefan Feld, right? 
This is a yes. Z-Man Games kind of. It, it has been out of print, I believe, for a while, uh, or between prints, but it seems like it potentially could be one of those new Queen Games, probably going to be one of those new Queen Games that's coming out in that the City Collection series. The art is by Michael Menzel, which is another one of my favorite artists. Yeah, he's and, good. And uh, this one came out in 2013. I don't know if I said Aquasphere. Aquasphere is 2014, so this was a year before that. How about that? <laughs> and you're really just you're you're just saying some making some astute <laughs> observations here. All right, so in Bruges, the 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 main mechanism of this game is multi-use cards. You do mm-hmm. have a board where you're going to be interacting on the board a little bit, but most of it is going to happen within the cards that are in your hand. So I'll I'll do uh, the brief kind of setup for this game. First thing you're going to do is you're going to take five different color dice. You're going to roll those dice and they determine different things. The ones and twos determine the cost of moving up on the reputation track, which is a way to get points, okay? The uh, fives and sixes that you roll are going to give you these threat markers, and whenever you get three of a kind on these different threat markers, bad things are gonna happen. You are going to lose houses, you're gonna lose people, you're gonna lose uh, canals or or money or, you know, your workers, lots of different things that can happen. And that's with rolling the fives and sixes. And then in the expansion, in the main base game, nothing happens with threes and fours. But with the expansion, you if you roll threes and fours, that determines what boats are going to come out into the canal. And so whenever you take a canal action, you can pay the colored worker that matches that boat and get a, a bonus action, which is... I'm mentioning it because I think it is the way to play it. It's the way that, that I think it's the only way that you've played this game, right, John? You haven't played it's just the It's the only game. way I've played this game, and I... If possible, I would never play without it. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think it's way worth it. But again, you're going to spend a thousand dollars at this point until maybe Queen Games re-releases this. Hopefully, with the expansion. Dean uh, let me borrow this game, and I didn't want to <laughs> because it's like a it's worth I don't know, a couple hundred bucks it goes for with it, with the expansion. Yeah. Um, and so it's like I was like, oh, you know, I didn't want to. I I have had a friend spill coffee on a game that I borrowed or that that was in our <laughs> office, and so I'm like, oh, I don't want to. Yeah, but this one we're hoping gets a reprint, which is why we're talking about it right now. I, th- I think some people are banking on that because I see that within the last week there's been there's several that are popping up here uh, on Board Game Geek for sale. So I think people are starting to go, "Hey, might as well get my money while I can." Yeah, my uh, wife did tell me, Dean. I will say this: that last night I asked her what game you want to play, and I said we still have Bruges, and she said, "There's no way if I hear one more time." how much money that game is worth (laughs) (laughs) and that you because she would she would hold the cards and there was one time like she almost like put it like near her mouth and i was like get that away from your mouth now that's too close that's too close that's the kind of friend you want to have borrowing your really expensive games (laughs) i know i was irritated (laughs) okay so back to the main mechanism of the the game which is card play so on your turn you're going to play a card and that's it right you're going to play through four cards and that'll be the end of the round and the cards each have the same actions that they can take which is again i'll go through this these briefly you can build a canal with a card you discard a card and build that color canal by paying the amount of guilders which is the money in this game you can discard a card to gain workers that match the color you can put the card into play as a house by paying a worker that matches the color of the house you can uh, uh i think i'm missing one more of the oh or you can discard a card that matches one of the die colors and get that many guilders. So if I discard a red card and the five die or the red die is five, then you're going to get five guilders. Mm-hmm. The last thing you can do is to put a person in play. So each card not only has its own color, but also has its own 
personality. And so that's kind of the crux of the game. Once you build a house, you can put a person in that house and they will give you an immediate boost or they'll give you victory points at the end of the game or, you know, an, an extra worker spot that you can do throughout the game or, you know, lots of different things that they can do. And also, yeah. you know, just victory points that are straight up on the card. And that's the gist of the game. You're going to keep playing until one deck of cards is gone and then that will signal the end of the game. And I will say, when you're getting your cards, there's two different decks, and you can only see the back of the card. So you can see what color the card is, but you can't see what the person is on the card. So there is, you know, you might feel, oh, this is really lucky. There's a lot of dice rolling and there's drawing cards. But drawing cards, there's some strategy in that because you want to go for certain colors based on the strategy that you have going. So yep. that's, that's the gist of Bruges. And I didn't mention all the modules on City on the Zwin. Um, I will kind of throughout the the That's a good idea. the talk, but the main one that we like the most is the one that adds the boats to the canal. Yeah. All right, art and components. All right. Well, as you said, Mike Michael Menzel is pretty spot on, and I think that the art. I'm just pulling it back up again. I have something right in front of my face. Um, it's pretty classic Euro style, right? Yeah. Um, I, I I like the little court jester on the front of the box playing his flute. I think that's kind of nice. That's cute. Whatever that is, recorder. It's not a, I don't know what that is. Um, I think that the art is good. I'm not blown away by the art in the game. I love the art. Yeah, so I figured much. you did. But um, I really like Michael Menzel, uh, uh, Legends of Andor, um, Stone Age, is that right? Do you do Stone Age? Oh, goodness, I should have looked this up. Um, anyway, you're, you know what you're going to get with him and it's always good for me. I, I just really like what he does. I generally do. Like, I think it's the, um, the board that I just don't love. And, and a lot of it has to do with those, those, the canal spots kind of make it, I know you have to do it like that, but it kind of doesn't, doesn't right. look as pretty with that. Um, yeah, I, I like, I like Michael Menzel. I like the art in this game, but I'm not, it doesn't, it, it doesn't go nuts for me, but I like it. Yep. All right, and then the the components. It's mostly cards, but you do have these tiny workers that you have. You've got cardboard uh, money in this game, and cardboard canal tokens. Yeah, it's what I will like in the game. Give me a game at an affordable price, of course. Well, right now this is normally this could be an affordable yeah. price. But. Give me a game at an affordable price. Give me some wood pieces, some cardboard, and I'm happy. And so I'm yeah, I'd be very much happy with this. Yep. Not blown. It's, I mean, I would rather have tapestry for the same price. I don't mean the game, but the components. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like mm -hmm. I love when I like nice components, but I'm happy with this. So yeah, all good. On to the gameplay. You may go. Yeah. Go okay. So as Dean said, the real the real thrust of this game is like is the card play, and it's really interesting because you know in some other stuff in Feld games, like you might play a card, but you have two or three choices. Here you have a lot of choices. A lot of choices, as Dean said, with your card. What do you have, like five or six choices on things that you can do with your card that you play? Um, which I, I I enjoy that. I definitely do because you have several things that you're thinking about. Though this is weighted, and I think accurately, at a 2.75. You never feel overwhelmed. I don't feel like I ever feel overwhelmed in this game. The, the most overwhelmed you might feel is when you first get your hand of five cards. <clears throat> and you're trying to decide like which or make sure you play them in the right order make sure you play the card to get your money so that you can you know do the canal action because you can't do the canal action without the money and you can screw some of that up it's possible um but that's you know that's the most uh, i guess thinkiness it is that you you're probably going to have in this game is that that 
at that point. But you know, it's really can be really tough to decide what to do with your cards because you may have one that's a red card that you could get six guilders for, but yet you desperately want to build a canal with it because that's the only red card that you have. And I'll reverse just a hair and say I love how you pull, pick up your cards in this game. There's two stacks, as Dean said earlier, and you know what color it is. You just have no idea what card it is. So I love how you get to draw. You get to draw one. And there's this anticipation of what's below it because you know there's one red one, but and a brown one. I don't really want the brown one. So let me pick up the the red and hope that there's a blue under it. Oh, oh, there's not. It's yeah. brown too. Dang it. Okay, which one do I pick up now? And and, that, and you have to think about the the size of the stack. So if you're if you sure. if one of the stacks is going down all the way. And you don't want the game to end. You're losing. You yeah. might take cards that you don't want just because you're trying to get that to other stack down. The game. Yeah. yeah, that's a really fun part of the game. Yeah, but and then after you get those, to go back to what I was saying, you have those decisions with the cards, um, and those are just they're they're really fun, Dean. Those are fun decisions. Um, I also like the decision that you have to make at the beginning of the round about going up the reputation track because that's that can score you. Uh, 12 points, I think, you know, depending on where it's at, but also it determines, you know, the turn order. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that is why well, it doesn't determine the turn order. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't. No, no turn order, turn order. Sorry, I said, yeah. switches. What else does it determine? What am I forgetting? It's not just going up a right. Oh, that's what it is. Oh my gosh. Sorry. My brain is playing three of these games back to back to back. Um, it doesn't determine turn order. It determines um, those bonuses that you can get at the end of each round. Correct. Is what I'm trying to get at. And those are interesting as well, where at the end of each round, you get four points if you have the most canals. You get four points if you're the furthest on the reputation track. You get four points if you have the most people in your buildings. Mm-hmm. You don't get the points at the end of the, each round. You get them That's correct. At, at the, the end, end of the game. game you get but, to flip the token over. But it's it's. I think the interesting part of that is that it's... You know, at one point, if I ever had the most canals, then I get it. You know, I really like that part of the yeah. game because you could, yeah. I mean, you could really all of a sudden kind of burst through at the end, which you did in one of our games. I remember. I don't know if it was the last game or I don't know whatever, but I remember I was very much ahead in the canals, but then I started moving to some other things because I wanted to diversify a little bit and get some more points some other ways. And you really spent a lot of focus on the canals, snaked that at the very end. Yeah. And yeah. This was the one that we tied. Remember when we tied? I think it was that game where we tied, and it was just like, dang it. Yeah. Yeah. This is... Uh, now, I'll, I'll this say is, this. This is my second most failed, most played failed game. <laughs> I, I've played Bruges a bunch. This is one of my wife's favorites, and we play this one a lot. And um, But I've, I have most of my plays with the base game. Uh, I didn't... I didn't always play with the expansion, but, I, but now that I have the expansion... Or I've had the expansion the whole time, but I've just never played with it until much later and um i'll play with it every time now but i the thing i love about bruges and john mentioned this but it is in the card play having to make those difficult decisions because you want to do so many different things with those cards and because you only get four actions per turn or four card plays per turn you can get more actions with persons that you have in your in your tableau but you you do have to make those really difficult decisions and you're only potentially you're only going to have one card left. And so you can't hold on to, you know, you can't say, okay, I want to hold on to these two cards to the next round. Well, one of them you're going to have to play. You can only hold on to one of those. If you have five cards, if you gain more cards throughout it, then that, that changes things a little bit. You can hold on to more cards for the next round. But I love those decisions. And But it can also, I can see, it can be really frustrating to people that don't like having to make those super difficult decisions of, 
do I want this person or do I just, am I just going to have to discard them even though they're great, but I really need to build a canal or I really need money and this is the best way to get money right now. I, I love that about this game. I love this game and you're going to find that out, but it's, it's again, one that my wife and I play all the time for a reason. Yep, for sure. It's, it, you know, it's, it's what Stefan Feld does so well in so many of his games. You don't feel overwhelmed. You just have to make a tough decision. Pick this or that. Correct. And you're like, ah, you know, but you don't, it's not like there's 18 things to do. You know, um, there is like six things to do potentially to do. Right. Um, but yeah, that's, 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 yeah, it's fun, man. I, I also like the way that you can engine build in this game with your cards. I think that's great. You also have cards that you can get that you can, you're sending out uh, one of your workers once per round to get whatever bonuses on there. So you kind of have to manage that. If you get a bunch of cards with those, you also are going to have to give up cards to get workers, you know? And so you've got to think through, is it worth it all the time? Is it really, is it worth getting this? Because then if I have to spend this many actions to get, you know, to this, this type of worker, because you're going to give up a card to get two workers of the same color, you know, is that worth getting that bonus? You know, a lot of times it is, sometimes it may not be. You also have the pool of, which I love this in games. I was playing Coinbra last night. I love games where you can get in-game scoring as early as the beginning of the game. Um, because I like it because you have those, that, those difficult decisions of, do I get my engine going? But if I give up this in-game scoring, what if I don't see these again? What if Dean gets two in-game scorings in his, in, in his tableau and I get zero? Mm-hmm. I'm going to really have a hard time. So do I go ahead and get this one and build an engine towards it or whatever, right? Because I need, like, I like making those decisions. I think you have to balance them out. I don't think there's a one, there's not a straightforward answer. Yes, you do it. No, you don't. Yeah, you got to get some, but when you get them is important. You can't go all, you can't go all in-game scoring at the beginning or you're not ever going to bend, you're never going to build an engine that gets you going. Right. Those type of things are really fun in this game. Yeah. Now, with the with the base game, some of that can be frustrating, you know, because you sometimes the the dice can play a bigger role in the game. Uh, one yeah. of those is moving up on the reputation track. If you if if the ones and twos roll a lot, that's going to be really expensive to move up on that track, and you might not do it very often. If the fives and six roll a lot, you're going to get a lot of your uh, um, threat markers out on the board. Yes. But the reason, a reason why I think that the expansion is so good is because with, with that one expansion with the threes and fours, is that those boats that come out really change that a lot. Yeah. It makes it uh, makes it slightly easier to move up on the track potentially. It makes you makes it you know possible for your cards that only activate one time to activate another time. It, mm. it makes it possible for uh, for you to just get money easier. And so it mitigates a lot of that luck having those boats in there. But again, and, and it makes the canal building that much more interesting because way more interesting. Canal building in the base game is fine, but it's like my wife and I we played a couple nights ago. Or, I guess about a week ago, and she was saying, you know, I don't often spend a lot of time moving up in the canal because it's not that interesting. You get three points for, you know, expanding both sides, and then you can get, if you get the statue from getting I up do like the one race of your to canals. the statue. Yeah, but, but it's less interesting because it's, it can be a lot of points with the statue, but if you're both doing it, if you're just keeping up with the other person, it's not going to make that much of a difference. You're right, because it's eight, it's nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three. So if Dean gets it, and then I'm just a little bit later, all I do is don't get one. You just point. don't get one point, so it's not that big of a deal. But but this is also a game where you don't score in the hundreds. 
generally speaking. Correct. Yeah, it's it's a tighter game, more like Aquasphere, like you're talking about earlier. But it makes it so much interesting because now you have actions that go along with it. And so you have to think, if I want to build this canal because I want to move up there, However, I need to have the worker that matches this boat. So I need to have a brown worker so that it matches boat so I can discard it and take that action, which adds another layer that's slight. Like it, it's a really uh, it's a, a really slight increase in complexity, but it adds so much more interesting decisions in the game. So I, I love it and I will play with it every time. Oh, with, absolutely. With yeah, absolutely. Now, one of the, the modules that you have not played with, John, unless, unless you played separately with me, but one of the modules is you flip over a card and this card changes a thing that happens that round. So, like, let's say uh, if you build... Gosh, I don't remember what any of the cards are right now, but it, let's say if you build um, if you build in the canal, then you're also going to... Uh, you, you get a discount in the money that you have to spend or something like that. And it has these scroll tokens on the card, either five or six, depending on what card comes up. And... That means that's how many times that thing can get triggered. Now, in a two-player game, it the scrolls don't really mean anything because you're going to just do them, right? Gotcha. You're not. You're probably not going to do this thing six times between two people, and gotcha. so I I kind of wish that that was a little unless I was missing something in the rules, but it seemed like that it wasn't really adjusted for the player count. I think that would have been a little more interesting if we had less scroll tokens on there. Gotcha. So that's one my wife and I were like, we can take it or leave it. We don't really care to have that on yeah. there at all. Okay. That makes sense. I, yeah, I'd like to play it. I'd like to give it a shot, but the way it sounds. There's know. also some new cards in the in the expansion that some of them really can... This is a pretty short game. You can play this in an hour or less than an hour with two players. Yeah. If With some of those cards, it has you going through the discard pile and pulling cards out of there, which... Is never my favorite mechanism in these type of games because it can really slow down the game by having to go through all those cards. So, yeah. again, a part of that is take it or leave it for me. But yeah. final thoughts? Are we ready for sure. that? Sure, yeah. You going to start off with final thoughts? Yeah, I sure will. I did last time? I sure will. I, I love this game a lot. This is, again, next to Castles of Burgundy, this is my most played Feld game uh, for good reason. I, I love the card play. I love the interesting decisions of wanting to do this thing with this card but i can't i have to do yeah. this other thing with this card i think is it i think some people actually would hate that I, th- I think people some people really wouldn't like that of having to make those tough decisions and get rid of a card to do something else that you really want to use it for um you know to get the person out for example mm-hmm. for us we really like that and so for me i this is a game i'm not going to turn down a play just like the other one this is a lot of my failed games uh, <laughs> am i going to turn down plays I suggest this one quite a bit. So it's not quite in that nine territory. I'll put this at an eight and a half. Um, but eight and a half is a really high score. I do like this better than Aquasphere. Wow, that uh, is a and, really high score. And again, I, this is one that's not really going to slow down. I'll, I'll play this one lots more times in the future. And yeah. I'll hold on to my copy. Yeah, I'll <laughs> take it. I'll give you 50 bucks for it right now. Just mm-hmm. do it right now. <laughs> they're going to they're gonna reprint it anyway. So, Might as well, right? So go ahead and do it. I am Five, nervous that four, Michael Menzel is not going to be doing the one, art in this one. Do it. Five, four, three. By the way, if you if we sound like we're taking off, the air conditioning kicked on in here. <laughs> I don't know if we can Which just hear good, it in our headphones. I got some it was getting stifling, <laughs> actually. It was getting really hot. And so if you hear a little hum, then just, you know, enjoy it like a little white noise in the background, just to the soothing tones of the air conditioning. What'd you think of the game, John? 
<laughs> I really enjoyed Bruges. I really enjoyed Bruges. This was one that my wife enjoyed quite a bit too, except for the fact that I kept annoying her about how much the game was worth <laughs> <laughs> and how I didn't want to have to pay Dean two hundred dollars because we ruined his game. You know what though? I could have ruined it a little bit and paid you two hundred, and then I would be like, "Sorry, babe, I have got to pay for it." And now I get, now I get the game. <laughs> you get the game. That's what I should have done, right? <laughs> oh shoot, she's listening to this right now. She knows my strategies. Um, so I agree with what Dean said. Really, I do. Like the those. Of course, we've talked about that. The decisions that you're making with the cards. That's what. The, that's the crux of the game. Um, I do also like we mentioned before. I like the way that you can get those four points at the end of each round instead of just at the end of the game. I think that's really cool. I think that's really fun because again, you can focus on one early and then maybe go ahead and get the other one later on in the game. I like that. As long as you get into flip them over at the end of a round, you get it. That's cool. And when you flip it over, you could ignore it. You could also not ignore it because you don't want Dean to get it. Right, you want to stay ahead on that track because you don't want him to get the four points at the end of the game like you and just wash basically, you know, what you what you just got. Which I think that's pretty cool. Um, I like this game uh, quite a bit. I am thoroughly hoping that this becomes part of the reprint because uh, I would love to own this game. I'm going to give this a very solid eight out of ten. Uh, it could go even higher potentially. I like how you can teach it fairly simply. It doesn't mean that there's not grueling decisions that you have to make, but it's not one where you're you know, I, and it, the very first game we played, we tied, and then you won in the with the with the tiebreaker. You know, right. it's not one of those games where there's a theme in this. There's yeah, that's right. <laughs> we have wow, that is true, isn't it? That is true. When we were playing these games, but I like that because it's like, you know, oftentimes when it's a game that we one of you one of us have played a lot, which you play Bruges a lot, you know, you might thwallop me because it takes me a minute to wrap my mind around. It didn't take me that long to wrap my mind around this game, and I like that about it. Yeah, you know, and I like how it's also every game that I've played feels quite a bit different because there's such a plethora of cards that you're gonna that are gonna come out, and the way you build your tableau can really change in each game. So yeah. you know, the, the canal stuff is kind of samey. You know, with the, with the expansion, it, it, it changes a lot, Correct. which I love. But if, if you don't have the expansion, I can see that getting uh, pretty samey. But the way the cards play, yeah, it's a it's a is not it changed it comes out differently I, I really like this and i understand there's a lot of people that like this as their favorite stuff and fell game um, yeah. i've heard many people say that I, it's not my favorite but it's it's a very good one it's it's way up there for me for sure i i will i'm going to mention two more really quick things um one queen games if you're listening please ex- include the expansion somehow <laughs> and availability for the expansion for this because i do think that it just adds so much more to the game that's number one Number two. And Queen Games, just send us a copy of all the new ones. All of them. That would be great. Two copies, preferably. (laughs) So Dean and I don't have to fight over them. And then the other thing is, I mentioned the threat tokens, and I did want to kind of go back to this, because sometimes if you hear, oh, threat tokens, bad stuff happens, I'm out. You know? Yeah. This, in this game, it is, you have to be on it, right? You have to be on it, like the octopods in Aquasphere. But I feel like they're pretty easy to manage especially because of the expansion where one of the top, one of the boats allows you to discard two of those threat markers. Mm-hmm. And I think that adds to it. But the, the other thing is you gain a point every time you discard one of those threat markers. So it's not like you're just getting rid of it and nothing good is happening. You can get a decent amount of points for those. And some cards in the game also allow you to discard them and get points that way. So I just want to throw that out because yeah, I don't want I that f- to be a hindrance. Well, I failed to mention something that was real. I think... What I like about the threat markers in this game, and Steffenfeld does this in a lot of his games, they're very manageable. It just depends how you, if you want to manage them. It's not one of those things where like you're going to get hosed um, because the dice rolls. Yeah, you can use a brown card to take a brown threat marker off anytime you want. It's yeah. just, do you want to use your card for that? And I love that. 
I love how you can easily manage them if you want, but then if you easily manage them, then you probably won't get to do what you want to do with your Tableau. Yeah. There's also some strategy with this. So, for example, one of them allows you, or not allows you, it makes you get rid of all your guilders, all of your guilders. Yes. Okay. If you spend all of your guilders from the previous round and time it right, you actually want that to happen to get that third token so that you can reset and you don't lose anything. Yeah. So like there's some strategy that goes with that. So anyway, I'm going to stop talking about it. I, I could go all day. That is an eight and a half from me, an eight from John on Bruges. Let's go on to Amerigo. All right, so let's talk about Amerigo, Dean. And I'm not talking about the Italian restaurant in downtown Nashville. You Amerigo, ever, you ever where been there? are you now? I'm sucking you into my song, Delusions. <laughs> How about that? You ever been to Amerigo or Marigos? Amerigo. You ever been there? I don't recall. Okay, it's just mediocre. All right, a lot of people like it a lot, though. <laughs> You're selling me on it. The board game or the restaurant? The restaurant. So okay. in the board game, it is designed by, because apparently we have to, even though this is the Steffenfeld episode and we've mentioned that all the games are, are you know, by him, we have to apparently say it every single time, right, Dean? This is by Steffenfeld. Oh, okay. How about that? I didn't know he did this one. So in this game, there is a glory tower. A tower of glory. And you throw cubes in there if you want. If you do, sometimes they do bounce out if you throw them a little too, or you drop them from too heavy. You ever had that happen to you on this game, Dean? There's been multiple times where I tossed them into one shot out and hit the floor. (laughs) No. (laughs) I'm just like, that's how I treat your games, actually. Uh, right. But you, th- you you toss or drop is what you're probably supposed to do. These cubes into this giant tower and the cubes come out and they are going to determine the actions that you're taking in the game. And so it has an interesting action selection mechanism where maybe um, you throw them all, all of one color to start off and then whatever cubes come in give you what you choose. So you put all the blue cubes in there and then out pops five blue cubes, a green and a black cube. And so what you do is you get five five action selection points because five blue cubes dropped out because that was the color you tossed in there. But you can take the blue action, you can take the green action, or the black action because those are the cubes that came out. And so the things that you can do in this game is you can go explore with your ship, right? Sail your ship. And you can dock your ship in all these different islands in this pretty big board in the middle, right? And you can put a little house there. And from there, you can start to, I guess, colonize the island, right? You can also get uh, cannons, which we just talked about, Stefan Feld game, where you have bad things that can happen to you. You gotta fend off the pirates, right, Dean? Arr, like Arr. I like I did and feed the kraken the other day, or like I didn't. <laughs> you uh, planned that. That's yeah, what you're doing. That's right. That's what I did. So you've got to fend those off, and we can talk about those in the gameplay maybe to give you a little more detail. You can get pieces, polyomino pieces, that are actually going to go onto those islands and help you colonize them or whatever whatever it is thematically. You can also use an action to place those. So it's like, which Dean will mention, it's like Castles of Burgundy in the sense of you get a tile, but you don't immediately get to place it. You have to take an action to place it. You can also build a little engine through technology tiles in this game. You can get multipliers for different goods that you're getting, tobacco or coffee or whatever. Uh, the cotton or whatever it may be as you're exploring on those islands. And you can also go up and down an interesting, um, uh, oh my gosh, 
first whoever's the first you deter, determines first player track. <laughs> nice. Uh, but what's intriguing about this, and then I'm going to be done. We'll talk about the art and components. Is when you're going up that track, it not only determines who the first player is, but if a white cube comes out, you could also take the action of what spot you're on. So if on that um, determining starting player track, you're on a green spot. Every white cube can count as a green cube. Interesting, huh? That is interesting. Actually, it is. It Very is. Very interesting. In All right. So art and components. Okay. Um, same old, not, same old? No, I'm not a fan of the art in this one. Really? In any of the art. I actually am cool with the box. You don't like the box? Mm, no. I'm not in love with it, but I'm, I'm cool with it. Put it next to Bruges. That's what I'm comparing this to right now. It's a different artist. This is... It pales in comparison, I think. Oh, I come f- on. You can't say I feel like that it compares to it. It's no there's no comparison. Um I like Bruges better. Like a lot better across the board. This this the oh, I'm the, pulling it up now so I can look at it with my face. Yeah, I everything about this game, the the board, the box. It's you're right. The the art is just okay. not great. It is okay. It is it's, what you would expect from this type of game. The The artist on this one, one of the artists listed is Harold Lysky. Lysky, I think is how you say it. And, or Lieski, maybe. It is the same one who did Castles of Burgundy, Puerto Rico, Power Grid, all of those. Like. Yeah. <laughs> all of those, like, you know, really good classic Euro games that, you know, have pretty, you know, muted colors and all of that. I mean, that's how Bruges is like that, too, though. It's pretty muted colors. Muted colors, yes, but the art is amazing. Yeah, I agree. And I understand that. When you compare it. One of, here, here's one of the things I like about the art, though, in this game, as opposed to the other two. Both Bruges and Aquasphere can feel really busy, and this one doesn't. Like, if you look at that player selection track and the, or the place where you're doing your action selections and stuff, it seemed, it's pretty... It's got a few things going on, but I think that there's... It looks pretty... Yeah. Would you say that's more of the the graphic design or the art? Because I think that Gra- the graphic I, design of this one is fine. Yeah, I, I, I mean, think there's nothing. It's that's... Intu- it's nice and intuitive. It's easy to understand everything. Um, yeah. So, but I mean, I get you know the player board is is not attractive. Yeah. You know that kind of stuff is not attractive. So you know I'm, I'm not. Yeah, I'm just saying that like. Yeah, I'm not in love. I like the I like the. Um, box though i'm not in love with the art in any of these games though i bruges would be my favorite out of the three yeah uh i would agree with this when i'm looking at just the art i would say this is probably my least favorite but it doesn't but the the thing is like it's it's not a it's not a big deal because everything is so clear on what you're supposed to do and again yeah you know that's what i like about the art. it doesn't mean i don't like the game because it's you know castles of burgundy has the same art and puerto rico yeah. like there's a lot of those games uh when you're looking at the components the box is huge for this one. It's a it's a big box size box. Like El Grande big box is the same size. Yeah. And part of that I get because you want to keep the cube tower intact. And there's a lot of components in this game. I do think I wish that it was in a smaller box. And I hope if this is one that Queen releases, re-releases as part of that s- series, which I don't know if they are, but if yeah, they I do, know. I hope to see a smaller box than what this one is. But you know the positive to it though is I will say that it was nice just not having like having plenty of room to put everything in. It is, it true. is a huge box, but mm-hmm. it's having a bigger box can also be kind of nice because of that. The insert's pretty well done. Yeah, I think. the insert's very well done. What do you think about the tower since we're talking about components? 
like the the action selection tower you throw the cubes in. Right, but what do you mean? Like the what do you think the, about the it? The construction of in it general. Or, okay, everything. Uh, well, I love it. I love a cube tower, and this game makes me. This is my first cube tower game, I think. Outside of well, El Grande doesn't. El Grande doesn't El really. Grande. El Grande. <laughs> El Grande doesn't really count, I think, because it's not. It has a tower where you put cubes in, but it's not the same as this. That has like, you don't know what's going to come out, like in Wallenstein or uh, Shogun, I think it is. So it's it's more like that. And this game makes me want to play more games like that because I think that's so interesting. Yeah, I, I really enjoy that. And you really don't know, you know, at the beginning you throw all the cubes in there, and a lot come out. But it could be that only two of one come one color comes out that's happened to me before and yeah. that's that's pretty interesting i like that mechanism yeah. yeah i yeah let's can we we'll transfer that into gameplay but i will say i like the tower i think it's really neat all right so gameplay dean what do you think man what do you think about this thing well okay i've already mentioned the cube tower which is and you like that you, you, i actually love that yeah you love I think the action selection in in general about how that works in this uh-huh. game i think it's really really neat and it, it could be frustrating and it has it is frustrating sometimes because you might really want to take this action like for example fending off the pirates is something that i don't care to do in this game uh not because i, I don't think i'm not saying it's not good i'm just saying like i don't want to waste my actions fending sure. off pirates because i don't care if i lose a couple points but if you have to fight let's say i need to fight off like six or eight pirates and i'm going to lose that many points at the end of the round when the cubes come out for the pirates and like a blue one comes out and i'm like oh i'd really like to travel this turn but if i don't if i don't take the pirate action that means that i'm going to have to take it on another time and they may or may not come out that happened to me over and over again (laughs) where i would just keep pushing that action off and then i wasn't able to fend off the pirates but I mean, like, I actually love that about it. Even though it was, you know, stunk because I was losing a bunch of points, I really think it's a cool mechanism in the game of of having to choose with what's out on the board. What's out. And you know that there are seven of each color cube out there, but Mm -hmm. what's so intriguing is one could get hung up in the corner of the tower. The whole game. And you don't know it. Yeah. Uh And so that's always in the back of my mind when I'm playing. Like, okay, there's, you know, six black cubes here. That means there's one left. And the black cube is your second action. So you have a lot of actions for another black cube to come out. But what if it gets hung up in there and it never comes out? Right. You know? And what I, I really do like the pirates in this game. And I it took me four games to win this one. Four games, Dean. <laughs> you beat me twice. My wife beat me once. And it took me to my fourth game to play it. And I think one of my problems was I was hyper-focusing on the pirates. Because what happens in this game is you have cannons that you can get. So if you take a five power black action, then you're going to get five cannons. But early in the game, maybe the pirates are only fending off two. It only takes two cannons to fend them off. And if you don't have enough cannons, you lose all the cannons that you do have. So if you had one cannon, you would lose it. And you lose two victory points. You know, that's not that bad in this game. You know, and that's because this is one of those 140, 150, 160, whatever. You, you get a lot of points. You get a ton of game. points. Mm-hmm. Now, Dean is right, though. At the end of the game, if there's nine points you're going to lose, that's a ton, and you got to pay attention to that. And so I think that's cool how you're just kind of managing is it worth me to lose three points this round to pick up seven points with the, you know, colonizing or whatever action that is, Dean? You know what I mean? So you're constantly kind of managing that. I yeah. think that's good. When you start the game off, you are kind of, for the first round especially, you're probably Exploring all going to take the exploration action. 
you're going to be taking a lot of the similar actions as the other players at the beginning of the game. But as the game goes on, that's not the case. And so... Yeah, when, when we first played our first game, that's I was thinking, I was like, oh, are we going to keep taking You're just going to take same the same ones? actions, and you, and you don't. But the the interesting piece comes in you know, later in the game when you really want to be able to take this certain action, and there's that push-your-luck element. Like, I can take it now, but I really want to do this other action. So I'm just going to hold off and hope that one of those, you know, maybe two cubes comes out later so that I can take this action because I don't need to take... For example, like moving on the on the technology track. Let's say I only need to be able to move up three spots on the technology track to get that next technology card, okay? If like six come out or something like that, you think, okay, there's one left. I only need three right now, so I'm yeah. just going to take this other action because I really would rather explore six actions than taking the tech action. The push-your-luck element of this is really interesting and a lot of fun, can be frustrating, but not like in a bad way. Just like, no, I really you, want this to happen. In this game, it's not like I'm pushing my luck and you get nothing. Like, okay, I'm chucking this die and I'm uh, or these right. dice, and if I don't roll a three, then I get nothing for it. Correct. You're going to get an action, so you might shoot yourself in the foot. You know, you, you might get frustrated with yourself for not going ahead and taking it when you could have. Yeah. Because now you're not going to get it this round, but you don't feel like it's an entirely luck-based game. Right. I guess there's some luck. I guess you could have people pushing their luck throughout the game and the right cubes were coming out at the right time for them. I didn't get that feel ever. I've never gotten that feel in this game, really. Um, I mean, I've gotten... That the, you couldn't do anything? No, no, I'm just saying I haven't gotten the feel like, wow, Dean's just getting lucky in this game. No, no, no. I have gotten the feeling where I've it's been unlucky. I, w- I will say more often than not, you can do something. Uh, well, I mean, sure. you can. You, you can, can always do something. do something. You can always, at very least, get money in this game, which is when you get money, that means that you can take an extra action by spending a money, yeah. uh, by spending a coin. Now, there have been times where there's absolutely nothing I can do. For example, if I've moved up the entirety of the tech track and I can't go any higher, then once those brown and only brown cubes come out, then I can't do anything with that but take money. Or if you have a technology tile that will allow you to do something else um, that, you know, that, that changes things a little bit too. Like one of them lets you get points for all the cubes that are out there. One time you can take all the points for cubes instead of doing something else. So there are ways to mitigate that. And more often than not, that doesn't happen. But when it does, it can be frustrating, especially towards the end of the game. Yep. But, but overall, it can be, yeah. I mean, it can be frustrating. Yeah. It can be frustrating, but I don't know. I feel like... That doesn't happen often. Yeah, I just don't feel like... I mean, I... F- yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is about it. I, it just does never bothers me. It is. I've never felt like, oh man, this game is hosing me. I've never had that feeling, or I wouldn't give it as high a score as I'm super going to give it. Right. I'm just going to tell you right now. He's giving it a high score. I, I was in the middle of my first game playing this. Now, this is one, uh, absolutely, I, I just haven't had not played until last week or two something like that i was talking to dean i'm going to throw this in here as we talk about the game this one doesn't get a lot of hype i don't feel like when it comes to steffenfeld games here's what i think it is you ready okay you want to know why i was was doing a little research okay all right this came out 2013 which is the same year as bruges sure okay bruges was a uh kenner spiel de jars nominee okay meaning like it was in the final Probably three, I guess, is how many they pick for that. Okay. Amerigo was a Kenner Spiel de Jars recommendation. 
Well, wow, he had both that year. Huh? He had both of which is huge. The recommendation is not as high honor because you know it's saying, True. "Hey, check this game out," but it's not going to be a finalist for this game. I don't for the award. For example, I don't even remember who the recommendations are for this year. Do you? No, I re- yeah, I don't. I can name off the I know I know the games who were nominated. Not that I I do pay attention to that, but you're right. It just doesn't stick the same way. And I do think it, it, this has some positive reviews. I think I haven't you know watched a ton of reviews on this, but. I, in the past, if I remember right, it's got some positive ones. I think Rado, this is one that he likes quite a bit. Um, I think it was number five, maybe on his top ten failed games. But it wasn't like the same kind of hype. I guess it almost makes me think of like Terraforming Mars and Great Western Trail. They came out the same year from the same publisher, and Terraforming Mars had a bunch of hype around it that year. Mm-hmm. Great Western Trail did not as much. It had a, it had a lot of hype, but not not as much as what Terraforming Mars did. Now. Obviously, Great Western Trail is doing pretty well right now, but yeah. I do think it took a little bit of time for it to catch up. Yeah, Amerigo has not caught up, and I don't know if it will. I don't think it will because it's it's for how many years? I mean, it was 2013, like you yeah. said. Yeah. That being said, it's rated it's ranked uh, 335 overall. It's a 7.5 rating, yeah. which is really good. That's really good. It's yeah. lower than Bruges, which is ranked yeah 241 overall but the average rating is higher higher. that's right 7.5 i think another piece to this is that bruges is out of print and that that adds to the what i don't know what that would be the the mystery the you want what you can't have and it usually builds if you have it and no one else does then you're going to rate it higher you're you're going to love that you have it if you don't have it and you've played it but you and you really want it like i mean it's a game that i definitely want to add to my collection but i can't right now because i don't want to spend the money i mean i could get the base game for i think 75 80 dollars it's not worth that to me like i like it but it's not that here's what i think Uh, i think you're wrong about that 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 probably does play into it some i think if you take amerigo you put it in the size box as bruges and you give it the same artwork it's gonna be it's gonna be ranked higher. Size of box really matters to you, doesn't it? To a lot of people. I mean, I know a, it does. That's a huge box that takes up a lot of shelf. Doesn't space. like does this give me more gameplay value than like an Aquasphere? That's what I think the normal person would say. Like, I can fit two games in this spot on my shelf as opposed to Amerigo. Is Amerigo worth it to get it for such a big box? And I think maybe not. I think that's a negative for a lot of people. And I do think that the art it does not have the same thing going for it for the art i got you but i felt like i was playing in puerto rico or something when i was playing like you said yeah and talking about art wise the yeah all right so back to the gameplay though but i think that is an interesting discussion um back to the gameplay i, I do want to mention the technology tiles because that's kind of your engine building mechanism in this game where you can get technology tiles that will give you maybe plus two to every blue action that you do or it could be an immediate bonus that you get five coins but you also get five more coins at the end of the game which you get a victory point per coin at the end of the game there's a lot of really interesting decisions that you can make as you're building out your technology uh, your kind of engine there and i really enjoy that in the game my big knock for this game my my pretty much only knock is you use every technology tile every game and I hate, yes. I hate that. I do. I'm right with you on that one. I really wish that this one did have, uh, that it had some more variability with that. Now, I don't know. They do, you know, Queen Games always does these these Queenies, uh, like mini expansions. Yep. I don't know. I'm looking at them right now, but I don't know. If they add yeah, technology. Queenie tokens. 2, actually. Yeah. It adds new progress tokens. Yeah. Um, that would be interesting. It looks like it's got six that are pictured, which is a big boost. It. Even Huge. just having the, those six, I think, is a big boost in the game. And now I want to pick those up. 
I don't and, know if that's available, but I don't think it is, but it could be. And positively, I thought that that would make the game very potentially feel super like fairly samey every time. And I thought this is this is one that when I played it, as I mentioned earlier, halfway through the first game, I said, I told you, Dina, I love this game. Remember that we were yeah. sitting right here, and I said, I love this game. But I thought, okay, does this get samey? Um, it might. And so I don't want to get too hyped. So this is the one I played more than any other game because this is the one I felt more than any other game has the potential to feel samey and start to lose. You know, I don't want to give it a really high score and then because I've done that. Like I, I be real, I'm gonna tell you right now, Dean. I got Alibari a nice cup of tea for Father's Day. I gave it a nine out of ten on our. I don't. Did we do a podcast on that? Yes, we did. Man, it's more like an eight for me, man. It got old same me a little quick for me i still love the game i think it's a thoroughly good game i stand by my opinion i think it's a really fun game but i just remember playing it again and i was like man i just don't think it's really that you know anyway i just want to say i haven't gotten that from this though and i've played this one quite a bit i can get amerigo queenie 2 which is the one that has that for 95 dollars. that's worth it right Oh my gosh! Ninety-five dollars for like two tiles. Oh my gosh! Like two pieces of cardboard. Oh my! I mean, if it's if it's <laughs> if it's worth it for you. Now the flip side of that, John, uh, of going with what you just said and with the idea of having more uh, progress tokens, you know what can, what's going to come out. Yeah. There's no. there are no surprises, yeah. which I think there's something. I, now for me, I would much rather have more progress yeah. tokens, but I could I could see somebody saying, actually, I would rather have the same ones in every game, so I know what's coming up and I know how to prepare for that. I agree with that. I mean, I understand that. The bad thing is, one of those is a pretty nasty tile. Um, sure. That that a lot that pushes pirates on other people essentially yeah and i'm not a big fan of that but it comes out every game now you can't it's not like you can just take it out and put another one in because you put every tile out in the game i'm not ultra bothered by it because someone i mean to take it you only have five technology slots to take one to try to hose an opponent i don't think it's going to be worth it unless it's late in the game you know they're going to now lose nine points because you snaked it at the end of the game but if you know that that's happening, then just get the nine cannons. I know that might be hard, you know what I mean, to, to do that. But so I don't know. I just feel like I, I've never seen anyone, even all the games, I don't know if anyone's played that one yet. Maybe once. Because we don't typically play that style. That's true. And my wife and I don't typically either when there's one bad to go take that one. Unless it just made no sense to get the other ones. Right. You know, um, yeah. Which... I'm ready to move on to final thoughts, and I can sure. go ahead and start this one off because you're you're hype on this one. I am also hype on this one. I yeah. I didn't have huge expectations for this one because, uh, you know, I'd seen it, but it just didn't really grab me. Nothing grabbed me about this game in the past, which is you know maybe that's why it doesn't have the same kind of hype. Maybe, maybe right. people are like are like me. The the big box for me is a deterrent. The the art is a deterrent in this game. I, I think there's. There are some bad things going for this, but then when you sit down at the table and you play this game, wowzers, this is one of Feld's best. It is one of wow. his best for sure. It's not my favorite. Castles of Burgundy is still going to take that spot, and I can't imagine unless something comes out in years that you know maybe the Castles of Tuscany will take that spot. I don't know. But this one is maybe my second favorite, second or third favorite. It's way up there, and I like this one a wow. lot. I love so you the cube are tower. on the hype train. I am. I'm going to give this one a nine. I'm going to go uh, eight, eight and a half, and nine for this for this episode for me. But but a nine for Amerigo. I think this one is a ton of fun. Potentially, it could be even higher if I had yeah. more progress tokens. I'm I'm interested to see. I would love to see 
some some queenies that are available, you know, some some extra mini expansion things for this that are available that might bump it up for me a little bit, maybe. But a nine's really really high. Yep, that's exactly right. I I mean, I've I've told you the reasons that I like this game. I like the I love the action selection part of this game. I think it's great. I love the sense of accomplishment when you sit back and go look at all this land I explored. You know, I think that that it feels like sweet. I love the feeling when you do complete um, I guess I should have talked about this a little more in the gameplay Dean but when you complete Island with Polyomino thing I love I really I mean I love a feast for Odin I told Dean Polyomino when it's the only part the the the, the main part of a game typically are fun for me but not my favorite but for whatever reason I love a nice puzzle in the midst of a classic euro style game or something right. i liked i liked that about pipeline when we played pipeline right and so i love getting those polyamos and trying to figure out the most efficient way to put them on the island you know it's not just take a token put on an island you have to make sure you get the right ones so that you you know and there's that give and take of how many access selection points you have there's also this really cool thing in the game where there are dean tiles john tiles and neutral tiles right the neutral tiles you can only get one Every time you select them, you can only pick one, but they're worth a lot more points. They're also worth a lot more points if they're on an island with a treasure chest, which are the biggest, the bigger <laughs> islands that have 20, um, at least 20 spots on them. Mm-hmm. So I can go to a bunch of little islands because you get victory points for closing them off, which is cool. And I could try to do a lot of smaller item, lot islands, but if I use those neutral tiles on those islands, they're worth less. Yeah. Or do I grab a big island and really try to finish that? And man, it feels like it really gives you a huge sense of accomplishment when you have a big island, you complete it, and you have the most buildings on it because you'll score points based on that. Dean could get points when I finish an island for sure because it's about how many of the buildings that you start dropping them off on your sailor ship. But that feels so good. You're like, yes, I completed it. Yeah. And then you score or, like 20 points. Or if you get a bunch of little ones completed in a round, you know, you, you might score get, a lot of points. That too. could be really satisfying as well. And so that's a fun balance of, you know, do I want to go for this big island now or just a bunch of the small ones? It also You have to also play your opponents. What are they doing? Are they, you know, you know, horning in on your big island or not, you know, or what are they doing? And so, you, or they, are they snaking up all the little ones? And now you want to take some actions to go get some of those. Cause you don't want him to get all those. Right. So, wow. It's just a lot of interesting decisions. And I like the engine building with the tiles. I like the way that that first player track works where the white cubes can be whatever spots you're on. So you might not want to progress up the, the starting player track simply because you're on a color you really like. Because you really need to start building stuff at this point. Right. So you have to make those decisions. This is a brilliant game. One of my favorite of Steffenfelds. For sure. Could be my favorite. Wow. Could. I that's, just, high, that's high praise. It's a 9 out of 10 for me easily. Yeah. And it could go higher. I, I thought after playing this game, I was like, John John might give this one a 10. You you really, really like this game. I do. My my nine is a little more apprehensive than yours, for sure. I think you you I'm lean solid. more towards the nine and a half. I, I lean more towards the eight and a half, but, it's, but it is in that nine territory. For oh, me, my gosh. For sure. I, I, this could definitely go higher for me. Um, you know, if, if, if there was more technology titles, it probably would be a nine and a half for yeah. me. I mean, even pushing. This is a great. I love this game. Yeah, this is. Is probably, it thematic? It's it's the most thematic, to me. It's I think. the most thematic out of all of them because you have those out of all his games. Maybe I maybe because yeah. you're that going and exploring feels thematic. Yeah, you're like yeah, you feel like you're kind of doing that and fending off the pirates. Kind of, 
I think it feels thematic with what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're like, all right, I've got to explore here, but these pirates are trying to take over. And I don't do I feel like I'm really doing that over the whole course of the game? Not a ton, but it again, I think more than any other game, it probably does feel yeah, the most thematic. I, I did not expect this one to I did not expect to like this one so much. This was a big shocker. I think if you love Feld games, which we do, we both yes. love Feld. Yeah. I, and you have not played this one, go go try this one. I, I think yes. that it, it feels very feldy and it's it's just excellent. It is it is one of his best, feels I think. Feldy. It does. It does feel feldy. I love this game, man. I, I can't <laughs> wait. I'm I am uh, can't wait to pick it up. I is it worth it? It's forty four dollars on Amazon. Absolutely it is. Mm-hmm. I'm already I I've been trying to save my monies a little bit lately, but I'm hoping it goes on a lightning deal. It Again. just it went on a deal for thirty five dollars the other dumb. day. It went on. It did, and Dean texted me after the fact. I'm like, yeah, thanks for rubbing. <laughs> I didn't in. realize that was the case. And then he texted me yesterday morning or sometime yesterday and said it's going to go on lightning deal again on Amazon. So I went and I clicked watch it. I set a timer on my phone, and I go to it and it says zero percent claimed and it got deleted. <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding? And I'm like, did I screw something up? I went and looked for missed ones. No. And I'm like, seriously, it's taunting me. I'm wondering, I, my, my one of my speculations is is Queen Games or are these are other people trying to get rid of these because they know it's going to be part of his Feld collection? I don't know if that's the case or not. Yeah, who knows? Could be, could absolutely not. Could be a complete coincidence. There is an American building that was hinted on one of those boxes, but I don't know if he has any other theme games in America. Is that? I'm looking through his list right now, and I don't see anything that sticks out as, oh, this could be that game. Do you? Um, yeah, but this is exploring the South American islands, not America, like U.S. So. Either either or, though, I don't think. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Now, I will say that with that series, it's not just old games either. It's a combination of old and new games. So that's that's pretty interesting. So it very well could be... That this is uh, that he's going to have an America's game themed on there. This is what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. They're going to go on lightning deal, and I'm going to buy it. And the very next day, Queen's going to announce that this is part of it in this grand. Thing. And it's going to be a solid and gold I'm, tower. And I'm going to buy. It's... And I'm going to buy it and be like, "Take it. Did I really just buy that game? That's <laughs> that's just what's going to happen. Just wait." Okay, so to wrap up this episode, we both gave a nine to Amerigo. High praises. I gave an eight and a half to Bruges. John gave a eight. Eight. And for uh, Aquasphere, I gave an eight. John gave a seven and a half. So we're pretty close on all these, and we do progressively like these games. So better. we basically, I mean, we said straight up Amerigo would be our number one out of these. Yeah. Two would be Bruges. Yep. Three would be Aquasphere. Nailed it. And that is going to do it for episode number 44. John, tell people how they can get in touch with us. If you're enjoying our channel, we'd love for you to uh, write a review or give us a little uh, you know, do it. rating on old iTunes or wherever you're listening to us on. Uh, if you want to check out Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter for even knowing about the you know Meeple Town Live we're going to do next time, just follow us, just at Meeple Town Games on all those. We have a YouTube channel that we just posted Roar and Write video for. Dean talked about that on the podcast. We're po- posting at least one or two videos every week. Uh, just look up Meeple Town. And then if you want to go to our guild so that you can maybe help with some of the shows, right? Give us some suggestions on some things like we were talking about. Uh, Board Game Geek Guild 3407. That's it. (laughs) Thanks for coming down to Meeple Town.